You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. So you think you've got what it takes to join the Alliance. Can you say the same thing when you're pitted against the Emperor's legions of stormtroopers, led by his Sith Enforcer Darth Vader? Mind you, this is the Empire that wiped out the Jedi Order and took over the Republic in a near-perfect coup. The course you will take is a dangerous one, and we are vastly outnumbered. We need beings of courage, intelligence, and strength of will. Commanders Michael Cohen and Matthew Frankie are waiting to debrief you. As veterans of the Clone Wars, they are some of the best. They even survived the Jedi Purge. You are fighting for freedom and hope now. So go on, get moving. Oh, and Rookie. Welcome to the Rebellion. Welcome, Star Wars fans, to the Rebels podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Star Wars Rebels animated series on Disney XD. And this is our summer series of podcasts reviewing the Lego Star Wars Freemakers adventures. Uh, today we got a double episode. We're talking the sixth and seventh episodes uh, entitled Crossing Paths and Race on Tatooine. If you're new to the show, Thank you for joining us. Uh, I am your co-host, Matt the Crankster Cranky, and let me welcome in the host and creator of the Rebels Podcast and the Thunderquack Podcast Network. That's my buddy, Mike Cohen. What's up, Mike? How you doing? Hey, yeah, we're uh, we're look. We gotta we gotta speed this up a little bit because if we're not careful, <laughs> we're yeah. gonna be doing these episodes straight through the summer and right into the premiere <laughs> of uh, of Star Wars Rebels season three. So. Uh, so we aren't going to condense anything. Trust us on that. We're going to talk about these episodes just as much as we were, were before. But uh, in order to get through the weeks a little bit faster, we're going to cover two episodes at once. So, yeah, like you said, we uh, we got a lot to get to. We didn't know that this thing was going to be thirteen. I, like when I first yeah. heard about it, I was thinking, oh, it's just it's just an eight episode yeah. quick thing. Yeah, we and thought we'd have two more. weeks left after this one, right? And no, yeah. nope, it's going to be a lot more than that. So. Yeah, so we gotta we gotta double these up, which is fine. We got uh, I guess four episodes, including this one. We're gonna be doing six and seven, uh, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and then finish up with twelve and the thirteenth um, episodes. And I believe I haven't even checked, Mike, but I think uh, they're only we haven't got all of them yet. We're still only on like eight or something like that. So there's still more to come out, as far as I know. Uh, like I, I, I've been doing it, like you've been doing it, where I'm just we're doing it. Uh, one at a time until we got to these these two episodes six and seven. Yeah. So I have no idea what's coming up. All this stuff is fresh and new to me. So uh, so let's do it. But before we get into the Freemaker stuff, we do have to talk about just a little bit of news. You know, last week yeah. we talked about uh, you know the the stuff coming out of Comic Con, and we saved one piece of news uh, or an item that happened at Comic Con, which is the Ahsoka panel. The uh, what they call it? The not the Forgotten Stories, but the um, uh, the lost stories. The lost stories. Yeah, the lost stories of Ahsoka Tano, 
And uh, we want to talk about that today before we get into the freemakers. And my, like I said last week, I watched this panel. This panel was hosted by uh, David Collins, and I had Dave Filoni, Ashley Eckstein, and Pablo Hidalgo. And uh, this is again one of the another great panel with tons of information. It was it, it was fun to watch. It was entertaining, and it had like I said, ton of info and all the stuff that was planned for Ahsoka. It's just, it's again, another reminder to me that this show was just pulled out from under Dave Filoni and his team because they have tons of stuff planned and we're going to talk about what they had in store for Ahsoka. But Mike, I just, I got, like I said, another great panel with uh, with Dave and Ahsoka, I mean, Ahsoka and Ashley and, uh, and Pablo. What do you think of the oh, panel yeah. as a whole? Yeah, for sure. You know what? This panel actually stands out as, uh, as I think my favorite of Star Wars Celebration Europe. Um, there's, there's this really crazy thing with the character of Ahsoka Tano, and they they definitely talked about it on the panel. But um, I think you and I can talk about it as well because I actually, as we record this, it is the third today. So, uh, the first episode of Frontlines the Clone Wars podcast went up on August 5th, 2008. <laughs> so, that was eight years ago. So, we're recording this probably, you know, I'd really, I'd have to look at it and see exactly what day I recorded that on. And I don't know if I have an accurate record of that. But, because uh, uh, we're talking about, like, two computers ago and uh, <laughs> yeah. a different uh, web server and... Uh, yeah, so those files have been copied, pasted, moved from place to place. Um, and I don't know that I actually have the, uh, the, the date in the file like I do nowadays, um, where I'm very good about making sure that everything is, is nicely labeled. But uh, I would say about eight years ago today, I would have been recording that first episode by myself. Um, actually, it's the first episode. Yeah, the first episode's by myself, and then the second episode, I believe, is with steve glosson so uh yeah i mean it, it's 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 been a while uh and you can go back and i implore you to go back okay uh oh okay so the first episode ever was recorded on the uh 31st of july so we're a couple days late we're a couple days late of mm-hmm. recording but um yeah. Uh, yeah. So that that first episode is is over eight years old, uh, recording wise. Uh, actually, when we release this, will be uh, the day after our eight year anniversary um, of of when Frontline started, and you could say when Thunderquack started, um, even though technically Thunderquack didn't start until uh, I guess that was two thousand fourteen, but um, or two thousand fifteen, two thousand fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we've only been doing this for over a year with Thunderquack, uh, which is crazy because we have all these podcasts now. But yeah. um, in those eight years, you know, uh, if you go back, you listen to that first episode, um, or maybe it's the second episode when we actually talked about the movie. I don't know what we even talked about on the first episode. What I talked about, I should say. I think I think I just talked about what the podcast was going to be. I don't even think right. that it's that yeah. long of an episode. Right. Um, but uh, if you go back and you kind of listen to those early episodes, you'll hear that eight years ago, we were all a little bit uh, reluctant to accept that Anakin Skywalker had a Padawan 
yeah. and that uh, it was this mouthy young uh, I, um, um, what's their species it just fell out of my brain Twilight? no no she's not a Twilight she's a, a I mean a, a, a Twilight Togruta? Togruta yeah, yeah. Um, you know the whole Snips and Sky Guy thing and uh, R2E which uh, you know I'll maintain to this day uh, R2E is uh, is redundant. R2 is al- already a nickname for R2D2. You can't nickname a nickname. Uh, and make it a nickname longer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Make it longer than the than the initial nickname. Yeah. But um, but yet they managed to do it. I uh, and you know I I think that that Ahsoka was kind of an obnoxious character to begin with. Um, but but she definitely grew on us, and uh, and and has actually ended up being um, for me I think and maybe it's because of the the connection to Clone Wars that I have, um, but for me she is definitely one of the most important characters in Star Wars for me. I mean I, I really think that that Ahsoka is the first. Um, of these sort of uh, uh, warrior, like sort of, I, I don't, I don't want to say anything bad about Leia or Padme in this, but, but really one of the first warrior uh, uh, female characters um, to have a prominent role in canon, um, mm. and you know, I think that she follows in the footsteps of a lot of great expanded universe characters like Jaina Solo and Mara Jade and. Uh, uh, Tenelka and and tons of great characters throughout the uh, the expanded universe, obviously, but but Ahsoka, I don't know, man, it, it's it's a really weird thing. Like we watch that character uh, grow up in front of us, and and she ends up having um, one of the best arcs in the entire series mm-hmm. by the end of it, especially like in that in that last in her last story. Um, but it was always obvious that that story wasn't finished. So when she showed up on star Wars rebels, um, I I don't think any of us were really all that surprised. Mm -hmm. Um, but now that we're filling in the blanks, there's a lot, there's a lot to go over. Right. And that's kind of what this panel was about was kind of trying to, to uncover some of those, missing years and uh and it's really cool because we're gonna get that ahsoka novel which is gonna do a really good job of that but um Mm -hmm. but we definitely in this panel we got to see a lot of uh the the arc uh in which ahsoka travels to uh level 1313 and uh and sort of hides out there and gets into some mischief and meets a new uh, uh romantic interest um, which was really cool. Oh, yeah. Who would have yeah. actually been one of the first prominent uh, uh, Asian characters yeah. in mm-hmm. Star Wars, and that would have been really cool to see. Um, but uh, but unfortunately, you know, we all know how that goes. Um, yeah. the, with Clone <laughs> yeah. Wars canceled and all of these things scrapped, um, all we can hope for is kind of getting these little bits and bites from Dave Filoni every once in a while. But. Uh, uh, this panel, this panel was really great. Um, it 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 delved into uh, how Ahsoka came to be, um, right. where she was gonna go on the series, 
Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we got some really cool revelations about Clone Wars and what the story would have been. And obviously, you know, uh, that stuff does never dies. It just, uh, I think I think the thing with, with Clone Wars stories and with the stuff that Dave Filoni has done is that uh, it's like, it's like energy and matter, right? It can't be destroyed. It can only be transformed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so um, all of this expanded universe stuff that they've brought in, all of the, the, uh, the lost episodes, um, this stuff makes its way into the canon sooner or later. Um, we, we've seen that with Thrawn coming back from the, from the expanded u- universe, from the Legends, into the canon. Uh, on Star Wars Rebels, and so there's always, there's always somewhere for these characters to show up and for their stories to be told. So, so yeah. I, I think like that was my biggest takeaway from this is that uh, you know we're not done with Ahsoka and who knows where we'll see her next. I I'm really really hoping I'm really pulling for a, a standalone animated film directed by Dave Filoni starring Ashley Eckstein as Ahsoka Tano. And, you know, like you can fill that with all sorts of other stars, um, in there, but, uh, but I would really love to get a story that takes place between Clone Wars and Rebels or possibly even after Rebels. Mm. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. What, what did you think of the panel? Well, here, the thing was, it was great is like, like you talked about how long we've been going and this is a character that George came in with. And this is, again, goes to like playing the long run with Lucas. Sometimes we're quick to judge on these things. And I was I'll be the first to admit that I did the same thing. I'm like, oh, man, what's this? You know, you know, like you said, Anakin with the Padawan. Now, come on. But then here we are so many years later. We're like, man, like you said, one of the most important characters in the saga. And we're not just talking about just animated stuff. We're talking about the saga now. And this this panel was set up. It was set up really good because they did it in in uh, different parts, and in starting from the beginning, Mike, the part uh, part one they called it discovery. And what I loved about this was finding out about how uh, Dave talked about the story of Ahsoka and how you know how much the Jedi wanted her, and they recognized her talents, of course, at an early age. And Dave wanted to show a different take on like when you think about a Jedi getting pulled from their family at a super young age. It's gotta be like a traumatic thing for, for a family to have to deal with that. And, and, and he put it in a different way. He goes, he, he was going to show this as, um, that the town or, you know, Ahsoka's town or whatever village or whatever, they took it as a, uh, like they were proud of her. It was an exciting time for them. It was an uplifting to their town that, they the Jedi were coming to pick one of their own, and Ahsoka was the cho- you know one of the, the ones they chose. And I kind of like that different take on on how the Jedi found her and the pomp and circumstance that would have transpired of her going to the. It was going to be a big thing for her, right? And yeah. For her town, that's kind of what he what Dave was talking about as far as that. And it kind of it makes you wonder, you know, like like we talked about before on this podcast about how Jedi are taken and. and and it's never really shown, obviously, because we haven't really seen that really as far as Jedi babies getting getting taken at an early age. We did see a little bit in the Clone Wars, but that was more of Cad Bane going after him, right? But um, you can you can imagine how tough we would think a uh, thing it would be for a family to lose uh, their child at, that early. So 
I thought that was kind of a cool way to, to look at it as kind of a celebration, kind of like a, a great thing for their town that stuff was being taken. Yeah. So that's yeah, what I got sure. that, that first part. Uh, then it kind of goes into a part, Mike, where they talk about Ahsoka's walkabout, like what happened after she left the Jedi Order. Um, you know, she was raised in a temple for her whole life, right? So her getting, her leaving the Order and kind of going out, she had no idea how the galaxy worked. And Dave again talked about this. She had, you know, she had to change her outfit, obviously. Uh, she had to get away from the Jedi cloaks and that kind of thing, go to like a normal outfit. And that's where you, Mike, where you talked about she um, uh, meets, I think his name was Nick's Academy or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and the depths of Coruscant. And apparently they were going to get really close. And that's you, you were talking about him, right? Yeah. Yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah. So they got into that. I mean, it goes it goes on for I think it was like six or seven parts, Mike. But I just I jotted down some some notes as I was going through. Uh, the third part was the return of the Jedi. This is when uh, arcs revolving around her kind of not necessarily coming back to the order, but coming back and helping uh, the Jedi. And she was going to be around Yoda. Uh, actually, the arcs were revolving around Yoda being in danger and Ahsoka was going to be returning to to help. Uh, I don't know if you remember that part of the uh, the panel, but they talked about that. Uh, they were going to go. Oh, and the and the. Uh, the Sith Temple is in the, the depths of Coruscant. Do you remember that part? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just some crazy, crazy story ideas. Uh, and there was, oh, there's one great scene where Ahsoka is using her lightsaber to uh, to melt a door, right, and and uh, melt a door shut. I think this was kind of like below Coruscant. This is the same kind of area they were talking about. And while Sidious was sending force lightning through her blade and she was at they showed a, a like a dave floney sketches of her doing yeah. that it's like some crazy scenes we could have seen it's like wow her getting electrocuted and she's still trying to melt the door so insidious is on the other side i mean man some of these stories they were cooking up I and mean, they was looking to be some really great stuff so uh tons let's see what else, what else mike siege of mandalore part there's a Another part about that, her reuniting with the clone troopers. Oh, how about that story? Yeah. Um, about the Anakin story, how yeah. she, how Anakin, she, he opens the door, and there's the 501st, and and Anakin's basically going here. They're your troops now, and that was a part of the of the the panel where um, Ashley kind of got a little teary eyed. Yeah. Well, and it, the the best part about it is that it's the explanation for why captain rex is not mm. in the film right because this is like the moment just oh, before yeah. just before i i they're called back to coruscant so right. i yeah it, i mean it it just before anakin and obi-wan are called back to coruscant so it would have been it would have been this great perfect i uh, sort of transition right into episode three and it would have been a great finale for the series um i think we did end up with a really good finale in yoda's story i think it did have some finality oh to yeah. It. yeah but um but obviously there was the th this other story and there were going to be these giant wolves in it and yeah the, uh, riding the giant wolf yeah yeah <laughs> and well, the whole thing of like of her like going into the into the forest and the the right. clone troopers chasing her in 
Um, this is all during Order 66, right? And them chasing right. her in. And uh, and then, you know, they're sort of surrounded by these tree stumps. Or these, the, not stumps, but like these tree... Uh, 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 oh my God, I can't remember words. Tree trunks? Tree. Trunks, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, And them like sort of thinking that they've got her cornered and and her being like oh you think you've got me cornered uh no i don't think so and and i uh, i this the trunks starting to move around and us realizing <laughs> yeah. that in fact those aren't tree trunks but they're the legs of these giant wolves which had this really cool um and I don't, I don't remember if this was an idea that, that, that occurred to me or if this was something that, that they had brought up, but almost like, like they were these natural incarnations of the Imperial walkers mm-hmm. that like, that the long legs sort of evoked that same sort of, did they mention that? Or was that something that I thought myself? I think you thought that yourself. Cause did I don't know they talked about the wolves and everything and the tree Okay. Tons. Yeah. Like I just, I. Maybe it maybe it was something that like just while I was watching it, I just thought like the the legs are so long and the way that the heads are down and everything, it's sort of just I don't know. I definitely got that feeling. So um, yeah, like I man, it it breaks your heart a little bit, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, which yeah. that's what I go back to to what I was saying before about when the series started. We were all kind of like, ugh, this character. And then somewhere around season two, I think it started to change. Um, maybe lightsaber lost was kind of the beginning of that mm-hmm. um, in season two, and then by season three, season three is the one with brain invaders, right? Right. Um, there's the yeah. episode before that. There's there's the the first one on Geonosis, and then there's the one where they're trapped, where. Right. Um, Ahsoka and Barris are trapped, Paris, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, which is a fantastic episode to explore that character, really connect with her. And then in Brain Invaders, Anakin has that moment where he's going to kill, is it Poggle? Right. Um, because, like, they need an... I, can't, I have to go back and watch that. It's so long ago. Um, five years, I guess. I since I've seen that. Um, but Anakin has that great moment. It's that first time that we really started to see the dark side come out and it was totally revolving around Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. And I think that that was the moment where we all realized during that arc, like, Oh, this character is really important. Actually, this wasn't, it's like you said, um, George is playing the long game with yeah. this stuff. And as much as we thought we already knew who Anakin Skywalker was, here's this, here's this new, view into who he is as a character and why he falls to the dark side and becomes Darth Vader um, through the lens of this new character and his relationship with that character. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that Ahsoka is just so important and this panel breaks your heart because it, it shows you just how much more we were meant to get. Yeah. But uh, but it just wasn't it just wasn't meant to be. Yeah, you bring up a good point, too, about we can't even... You can't deny the fact that, yes, Anakin turned because of his wanting to save Padme, but, you know, he spent a lot of years with Ahsoka and there was a lot of, um, whether you want to call it brotherly, sisterly love, 
But those two, their, their interactions, like you said, you know, maybe that had a little bit to do with him because, mm-hmm. you know, he lost her. And then in turn, he's so freaked out about losing Padme now. So he can't can't discount what what she has meant to the story and his story uh, as well. So that was that's uh, I'm glad you brought that up. And 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 this panel, uh, man, it was so good. I mean, it, and it goes on like after the the war stuff they, they go after the war and you talked about her writing the wolf and the novel that they're gonna have a novel by ek johnson that's coming out fairly soon uh then it goes into uh the rebels um era with ahsoka and dave started sketching ahsoka and getting ideas on what she would look like you know he's he was experimenting with different kind of cloaks and he was putting helmets on her and putting body armor on her kind of like samurai style body armor uh, that's where he came up with a light white lightsaber because she is in between right here. So he talked about that. And then, you know, one of the best parts of this panel was he talked about the duel, right? And he had sketched this on a whiteboard, the Ahsoka versus Vader, and it had been up there for a long time and people were f- afraid to like erase it because like, nobody wanted to touch that whiteboard because it was had these great sketches of Ahsoka versus Vader. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Um, a lot of what he sketched ended up on those final two episodes, and they talked about that as well. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, and and then he did also talk about a possible scene where Ahsoka died uh, battling Vader. Do you remember hearing that part of it? When he he has a picture, or he drew a yeah. picture of her, like he had jumped. She had jumped on top of him, kind of with her legs on him, and kind of grabbing him, and and. That's where I think uh, Vader kind of came up and snuck a saber into her somehow. I can't remember how, exactly how he worded it, but he made it sound like that's the point where she died. But then, you know, then we have this turnaround where he just couldn't do it. You know, and you can really tell, like, when he's talking about this character, um, how much that character means to him. And, and I guess I can understand looking at it now, like, why he did what he did in Rebels, uh, the final finale of season two. Yeah. Um, and like I said, he did say that, you know, does Ahsoka live? Ahsoka live? And he did say that we will see her again. He actually said it again in that panel, uh, that we will see her again. Uh, again, Mike, you talked about where we could see her. Any any hints from what he said where you think? Because at first I thought he was thinking, oh, we're going to see her in Rebels again? But then he made it sound like, you know, we're going to see her again. We're just not gonna know yet i don't know what do you think i, you I think gonna... i think that he was sort of implying that 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 we will see her again i think her story is done for rebels yeah um that makes they, sense yeah. but they there's 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 possibly more stories yet to tell with that character um and and obviously we've got the novel coming but i really feel that he has something else planned and they they um, that they're discussing ways to explore that character and exactly what that can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I think if we can talk about Star Wars in, in the way that we talk about Marvel movies, the Marvel movies go in these phases, right? And I really think that the end of the this saga, so episode 9, will be the end of this phase. Um, and... Contained within that phase are obviously also Rogue One, which comes out this winter. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then next winter, we will have Episode 8. And then the following one, do we have a release window 
for Han Solo? Uh, I want to say it was, did they say 2018? So I feel like it is like, like I think that I feel like they're trying to own sort of that Christmas 20, uh, like that Christmas season sort of like around the, 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 the 15th, um, that halfway through December. Um, and I think that, that we'll probably see Han Solo around then if it hasn't already been announced that it's going to be around that time. Um, Mm -hmm. and then we know that episode nine will be definitely in the winter of, of, is that 2019? Yeah. Yeah. So I think 2020 going forward, I mean, like, I really think that, that phase two is when we'll start to see two movies a year. Mm. Um, they were going to try, uh, that's what they were working towards, uh, at celebration last year, uh, in Anaheim, there was definitely an element of, of, um, you know, the, they were going to do, uh, at that time, uh, episode eight was scheduled for May of 2017 mm-hmm. and the Josh Trank film was scheduled for winter of 2017. So that would have been two movies in one year. Yeah. So I think really what we will end up seeing is something in that May 2020, um, if not sooner than that. I mean, like, honestly, it's possible that we could see something May of 2019, but if we did get an Ahsoka animated feature film in the theater, um, I, I think that it would be to do it properly. They would want to give it that time and that 2020 would be perfect. That gives them four years to do it. Um, and, uh, and, and, and Dave is definitely the right guy to be doing that. And, and I do think that star Wars rebels is coming to a close in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. I think season five yeah. will be the last season. So, that puts us into into 2018 um and then from that point they'll be working on other stuff and i don't know if that'll be tv i don't know if dave will still be doing tv that's one of the biggest things Um, yeah yeah i heard i don't know if he said it in the panel or where i heard it but it was something like i heard that he would be finished you know working for lucasfilm or something like that like wow he's been with lucasfilm for a long time and i'd be surprised if he would move on to other things but i you know, like I said, I don't know. I can't remember where I heard that. I don't know if I read that or if I heard that somewhere on a podcast yeah. or, but, uh, it's hard to see him not, not going anywhere or not staying with Lucasfilm, but, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I know. I mean, I'm telling you that panel was, like you said earlier, man, probably one of the highlights. If, if you're a fan of Clone Wars, Star Wars, Rebels, and you're a fan of Ahsoka, you gotta watch that panel because there's tons of great stuff coming out of that. Um, lots of great uh, sketches and uh, stuff from Ashley and stuff from Dave and stuff from Pablo. It's just a great panel. Tons of information. That is a panel right there when they're able yeah. to talk about things and give you insight into what they And they had, like I said earlier, they had a ton of great stuff planned. And it just, man, this thing was yanked from them. And, and we were going to have a lot of great stuff to uh, look forward to. But... Like Dave Lundy said, that's just the way it is, you know. That's, yeah. that's what Disney wanted. So yeah, well, you know, I mean, like it's the hand that we're dealt, and and we got to kind of deal with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, we don't have to but like. We got a chance to. Yeah, no. <laughs> so uh, I guess anything else you want to hit on before we talk some uh, free makers? No, no, I think we're good. All right. I don't know if you're going to be able to 
Uh, no, I didn't play. Anyway, I was going to play a little intro music, but I don't have that right now. So uh, let's just get into it, man. We got two episodes to talk about, and the first one is Crossing Paths. And I got to say right from the get, like, I love that when shows, whether it's Rebels or Clone Wars or whatever, or even Freemakers like this, they jump into these battle things. You know, we just jump right into the action, right? And uh, this battle with, and here it is, legacy characters coming in, Luke and Leia, and they're on the X-Wing, they're on a Y-Wing. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they got to be in a, they got to be in a two-seater, right? So. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's not like she could be out in R2 spot or anything like that. So she's got to be in the Y-Wing. And I love this because it's like this, it's like the trench run, right? I mean, do you have the trench run music? I can't remember what, what the name of the track is, but it's the trench run music, right? And they're actually going through this like a trench run. And it's a great, it's great. They're flying through it. Uh, and and then kind of the funny parts of it is Obi-Wan's force ghost blocks, yeah. you know, Luke's vision. And he's got, hey, get out of the way. So pretty cool little opening to this, Mike. What'd you think? Yeah, yeah, I loved it. I loved it. I thought it was great. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the opening and uh, and obviously introducing these characters yeah. uh, in the in the Freemaker uh, uh, universe uh, is really cool, really fun. Um, uh, you know, I mean, the the voice acting is a little bit. It, it, the, he, this is the thing with the legacy characters. Um, yeah. Yeah. Is that you know obviously we know Luke and and uh, uh, Leia's voices so well that uh, that it's hard to get those sound alikes. Um, but the thing that that kind of gets me is that it's not the same. As far as I could tell, it's not the same voice actor as uh, as on Star Wars Rebels, and I don't know. You you tell me. What do you think? For, no, I, for I, I believe it was. Leia. I think that Leia was the same one. Was it? Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty. I'm almost positive. Yeah, I remember. I remember reading that. That's that was her. So, and she did sound like the Leia that was from Rebels. So, yeah, it is the same. Oh one. no, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Julie Dolan. It's so that's weird yeah. to me because I feel like it didn't quite match. Did it, yeah. What was established in uh, in in Rebels? So I don't know. Maybe that maybe that was just me. Maybe I was just being too critical. Of or she it. was trying to sound older. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I I think that might have been a little bit of it. There was definitely an element where I could hear the that it was trying to sound a little bit like, um, almost like the Force Awakens. There was a little bit of that, almost like gravelly bit there. Yeah. Um, that Leia has now. Um, that that Carrie Fisher obviously has now. Um. I don't know. It was just a little bit off, and I I thought that Luke was fine, but they you know it could have been a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I don't, that that might just be I might be too critical on this sort of thing. Um, it's yeah, it's tough with those, like you said, on those the characters we know so well. Um, yeah. you know, it's 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 funny how it, like in the next episode, there's a there's a character that we'll talk about that the original voice actor from episode one comes back and plays him. So, uh, it's just, yeah, like you said, sometimes with the, with the, with the Freemakers cast, they're great. I mean, I've got to tell you, you're talking about the voice acting, the, the kid who plays, um, uh, Rowan, uh, I think his name Rowan? Dick Cantu. Yeah, man, he is really good. I mean, it's, he's fantastic. I never even thought about voice acting. Like it's just never, nothing that occurred to me, but I don't know how old this kid is, but man, this kid is really good. He is he's really good. Yeah, he's great. So. Um, but being as it may with the, uh, as it is with the voice cast, uh, 
some cool stuff. Of course, like we get to see, you know, like you said, Luke and, and Leia. It's really cool cameos with them. Uh, so, Mike, what happens is they they, uh, they kind of get in this tie mess. Uh, they got some damage to their ship, right? And they have to crash land at the wheel for repairs, right? Uh, let's see. And uh, I guess it's going to cost a ton of money. So uh, Leia's, of course, she's comes from plenty of money, so she's no problem uh, forking out the cash, uh, much to the surprise of Cordy. She's like, yeah, it's going to cost yeah. as much. She's like, oh, okay. And she's like, wow. So, um, so they crash land, and then we get the scene where uh, so Nare, she's, I guess she's called away on a secret mission, and uh, she misses out on meeting Luke and Leia for the moment here. And she's sent away, and we'll get to what happens on her mission in a few minutes here. Yeah. Uh, so, an all-points bulletin goes out on Luke and Leia, and it's kind of funny when they show the, the pictures of them, like their, their photos, and it's got little mustaches on them. So, yeah, yeah look out for these two. They may be in disguise. Look <laughs> at yeah. the mustaches. That was kind of funny. Um, and then and we go to the incinerator and the, the, the classic where Leia is dumped into the incinerator and she's obviously been there before. <laughs> she's had, yeah. uh, she's, I think she says something about, you know, had an experience in trash compactors or something. This is a little different trash compactor though. This one, this is an yeah. incinerator. So it's a little more dangerous than the it's, it's traditional star, uh, Death Star trash compactor. Um, let's see what else is going on. So uh, Nare, she's she's going to meet the Emperor, but we'll get to that point in, in a little bit. Uh, where else? Uh, where do we go from here, Mike? Um, um, well, meanwhile, while all of this is happening, uh, Luke and and uh, Rowan go onto the Star Scavenger to find a part. Oh, right. And while they're there, uh, Roger spills his oil all over the console and uh, and the ship uh, <laughs> ma- magically manages yeah. to. Uh, wrestle itself loose of the docking clamps back out of the docking bay and go to hyperspace. <laughs> yeah, right. So they end up crash landing on Felucia. Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah. and sort of have to figure things out from there. But, yeah. yeah. I thought that was interesting they crash land. So here's the thing, here's the cool thing about this is like you got Luke and Leia, they're in a Y-wing, they crash on the wheel, you know, Luke and, and Rowan get on the Saiyan and they, they go and they crash or they land on, not crash, but they land on uh, uh, Felucia, you know, and then we got the accolade on, on Felucia, you know, with the hyperdrive. So all this stuff from the whole universe kind of, and they could just throw it into this little, you know, mixer of the Freemakers and then, and, and just have fun with it. And that's kind of, that's what's so fun about it is, you know, seeing Luke and Leia in a yeah. Y-Wing and, and going yeah. off and doing this and that. So it's, it's, it's really cool to see that. And it, it's even better when they do it in the next episode, too. So so they're on Felucia. Uh, of course, Felucia is beautiful like it always is in, in the movies. Uh, reminds me, of course, of Revenge of the Sith and all that. Uh, and yeah. Luke and Rowan, they're discussing the nature of the Force. And they uh, discover, uh, like, the planet, of course, Felucia is alive in the Force. And uh, they get this really cool scene where... You know, when Luke uses the Force, the flowers, they start to bloom. Yeah. Uh, that was kind of a cool thing, how they use that to lure or you know, lure the accolade away from them. I didn't exactly yeah. understand what they were doing. I think it was just, the, you know, the bright lights were, you know, kind of kind of teasing the accolade or something like that. So it started falling around, falling lights away, I well, guess. When, when the flowers opened up, bugs came to them. 
There were oh, those, that's right. The, the light bugs came to them. So I think that that's what they were getting at yeah. with that. So uh, we get Luke explaining the Force to Rowan. So that was kind of, see, this is another thing this thing does. He, amongst all the, the fun and the comedy and just the kind of goofiness of the show, uh, it seems like it always has uh, moments in it where it kind of gets serious, right? Mm. And uh, like, like, like I said, Luke is explaining the Force to Rowan. He shows him that most of life responds positively to the light side of the Force because it works with the natural order rather than against it. Uh, so using their combined powers of the light side of the force, they are able to retrieve the, um, I guess it was that, what was it? The hyperdrive thing? Uh, what the heck was it? They were trying to motivator, get motivator. I thought of it. Yeah. So kind of a cool scene with Luke. He's, he uses the force and he pulls out, um, Rowan from the accolade as it, like I said, as it runs away. So it was a neat little scene there. Then Mike, we jump to, uh, one of the funnier guys on the show so far, Mr. Whit Cooper, that's voiced by, um, oh, what's his name from uh, Reno 911. I'm drawing a blank on his name. We're both drawing blanks today. I don't know what's going on. We've mentioned him before. Yeah. Uh, um, sorry, I've got it open. <laughs> one sec, one sec. Whit Cooper, but. Um, uh, where is it? Oh, uh, gosh. Uh, Thomas Lennon. Thomas Lennon, gosh, thank you. Yeah. Man, I forget everything. But yeah, so he's back, and he's kind of a funny. He's a funny character. He's a uh, kind of a rich guy, and uh, Cordy kind of is exposed to what's going on, like at the top tiers of the um, of the wheel. Right? She's seeing all the the rich, lavish. You know, she goes for the um, or hors d'oeuvres. She's like, "How much are they?" And like, "No, they're free up here." You know, this is where all the the high class live. So I thought that was kind of neat to see that. Yeah. Uh, um, and, he, and Mr. Cooper or Wick Cooper, he has this uh, 10% off coupon that he wants to use uh, to, to give to the free makers. But Hey, I know about coupons. My, my wife loves coupons. So it's kind of a funny scene for me. <laughs> uh, but uh, let's see, where do we go? Did I jump too far ahead? Uh, no, we're kind of, we're kind of bouncing all around. Um, yeah, because so. there's two yeah. storylines that are happening concurrently. So, no, I think right. I think we're good. Um, yeah, because because Leia and uh, and and um, uh, Cordy are trying to sort of figure things out. And the other storyline that's going on is that is that uh, Nare has been called in by the Emperor and Vader. Oh, for the performance yeah. review, which was one of my the favorite parts. Review. Uh, and it's like, oh, quick question: Do you, have you managed to retrieve how many uh, what, uh, kyber sabers have you managed to retrieve for me? Is it five or more? Is it three yeah. or more? Is it one or more? Or is it none? You know what? I'm just gonna put none. <laughs> and it's like <laughs> that's. Yeah. I like their emperor. He's uh, he's he reminds me a lot of the robot chicken emperor. And, uh, yeah, he definitely does. He's got that same sort does. of tone where he's like, he's not so much evil as he is just, um, you know, one of those uh, uh, pain in the butt uh, yeah. uh, managers, manager types, you know, like that guy you got to work for that uh, that you hate, uh, at, yeah. you know, at the Starbucks or the Toys R Us or <laughs> wherever you work. Right, right. Yeah, it's I forgot about that. I had written it down too. Yeah. The, the the quote unquote performance review was a great scene. Yeah, and Amper is really good at that too. And uh, so I think 
again, this episode ended with um, it's actually a pr- pretty cool ending because now we're getting into the the story about uh, Rowan and he's starting to piece some things together and he's starting to be a little weary of what's going on with Nari and of course at the end um, in a, a kind of a clever way to cast some doubt of Nari Rowan presents her with a flower right and I guess rather than 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 it opening up like it did with Luke it dies instantly and Nari kind of has to play it off and I don't know if she is playing it off because she knows what's going on and she's trying to hide it or if she really doesn't understand what that flower is supposed to do. Um, I'm not sure how you took it, but uh, she kind of laughs it off. She's like, oh, it's a thought that counts. She just thought he was bringing him, uh, Rowan was bringing her a flower and it instantly dies. So I don't know if she recognized what she did. Like, like Rowan knows this is a force sensitive thing. If you have the force, you know, you're my teacher. This thing should bloom like it did with Luke and it doesn't. It dies and starts to cast that that doubt. And the other thing that happens in this episode is that Luke introduces Rowan to the concept of the light side and the dark side. So previous to this, Rowan really doesn't have that understanding of the difference between a Jedi and a Sith, right? Um, And why would he? Because he's got a dark Jedi or whatever she is um, training him. So she's going to obviously leave some of that stuff out in order to, to protect herself. Mm, right, okay. Yeah, so that's kind of how this one ended. Kind of yeah. not necessarily a, um, a cliffhanger, but it's like, oh, okay, so now we're going to start getting into the story, and maybe it's just a little piece by piece of Rowan kind of f- trying to figure out what the heck is going on with Nari. So uh, I did... I, I, I really enjoyed this episode. I loved it better than uh, last week's episode. Uh, some good, some good jokes and some good plot stuff going on. So it was, it was really good. I yeah, really enjoyed this sure. one for um, sure. Yeah, I liked it as well. And then we go into the next one. We jump right into race on Tatooine. Again, we open up on Cloud City, and uh, two of two of my. I, I'm sure your favorite characters too, Mike. Uh, Bash and Ram, yeah. with the help of Dengar, escape Cloud City. And that was kind of a good scene. And we actually heard the Wilhelm scream in there. First time we've heard that in this series, I believe, uh, as they were jumping out. I think it was as, no, as he threw out the uh, Cloud Car pilot, you heard the, uh, the famous Wilhelm scream. So I thought that was kind of funny that they threw that in there at uh, um, the beginning of this. And Bash and Ram trying to fit in the cockpit. That was kind of funny because you know what that reminded me of when they're just two sitting and you can't close the lid. I remember my kids doing that a lot with with their uh, Legos. Like you'd have a ship, we'd build it, and of course it's only made for most of the ships we got were only made for one pilot. But they always loved to try to stuff yeah. two or three into yeah. uh, into the cockpit. And I don't know if that's like the writers and the creators of this kind of reliving their. You know, maybe they had kids that did that, or, or maybe they did it. I don't know how the old guys are or anything like that. But it just kind of reminded me of, you know, my kids playing with Legos and what they used to do. And I kind of just pulled me to that. So I thought that was kind of a neat scene. Um, what else did I miss in the beginning here, Mike? What else did they do here? Um, I mean, I get that's really it, you know? Like, there's yeah. kind of some funny uh, humor. I, I like the part where... <laughs> Uh, Dengar just leaps off and, and Bash and Ram are like, uh, did that just happen? And, yeah. and Dengar, 
I love that yeah. Dengar is the coolest he's ever been in Lego. Oh, World. yeah. <laughs> and he, he takes is. his head wrap yeah. off and he uses it to, like, lie to the to the cloud car. It's, uh, it, I don't know, I just, I feel like they're having a lot of fun with this character. I, he's got another great moment later on with, uh, with a, a, a bounty oh, hunter yeah. we all know and love. Um, well, yeah. most love. Yeah. I still think he's a bit of a punk, but, um, <laughs> I, and this episode kind of, the, the race on Tatooine kind of proves how I feel about Boba Fett, but, uh, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's, so we, like, it, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. If you were, you were finished your thought there. Oh yeah. Well, we, we just, we, we get to see Dengar in, in all of his, uh, his awesome, uh, glory in this show. And I love it. I, I love when you know, he's goofing around. You, like you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned him, you know, using his, his head wrap. And I'm just, yeah. now I'm trying to think. I didn't, re- I didn't really, really anything about Dengar in the, in the, you know, legacy or legend and stuff. Did, I mean, is that something that he did? It was use his head wrap for something? I'm, I feel like they're, they're using it a lot. And like, is something in legend that he used to do? Maybe not. Maybe it's just a funny no, thing. No, I think it's just them kind of goofing on it, you know. Um, okay. Okay. He's yeah. Kind yeah. of a because in the in in the in the pantheon of of bounty hunters, particularly the ones that showed up uh, at uh, on on Vader's super star destroyer, uh, you know, Dengar's kind of the one that everybody's like, eh. Right, Who I mean, like, because you got, like, let's look at yeah. it. You got Boba Fett, obviously Boba Fett. You got after Boba Fett, you've got Bosk, who's gone on mm-hmm. to awesome stuff in the Clone Wars. Right, so right, Bosk is awesome. Uh, you got IG eighty eight after that, and can you argue with IG eighty eight? No, you can't because he's IG eighty eight, right? right. Um, and then you've got right. the duo of Zuckus and Forlom. Who I who I think are really cool because of the the odd mystery. I mean, obviously Zuckus being an alien and Forlom being a, another droid, and sort of the the visual parody of the two of them. Um, when you look at them, and you know, like uh, uh, Forlom's got that he's got those the 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 multi cell eyes, right? So the compound eyes that match right. Zuckus. So they kind of they they got that thing where they go together. They're kind of a duo. And then at the end of the line, you got Dengar, who uh, who's wearing uh, some battle armor and some bandages. <laughs> yeah, or at least that's the way yeah. he looks, right? So. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's. It's a bit. It's a bit silly looking, but um, I don't know. It's also. It's fine. I mean, like Dengar. I don't really have a problem with Dengar's look, but uh, but yeah, it, it's definitely. It's definitely a he's, little bit. Uh, he's, uh, odd, yeah. Off compared to the others. He is definitely the um, low man on the. T- totem pole at least like when you look at him in empire strikes back you, you, like you said you have all these great looking characters i mean come on boba fett just striking costume and then you kind of go down like did they just like run out of ideas when they got to dengar yeah. and like yeah. hey just you know just do this and put some thing some towel on your head or whatever it's just kind of funny how they came up with that particular character and maybe it's just this show freemakers just kind of making fun of of that he's wearing a stupid head wrap like what does that thing do if you know is he from the 
does he does he hang out on Tatooine a lot? So he uses it as a mask or something. I don't know, but it's kind of funny that they're making seems like they're making fun of that. So, um, but man, he is he is doing some work in this one. He, he's having a good time with his pre-makers. So I'm, I'm loving watching what they're doing. With yeah, Dengo no, and he's, he's so we go from uh, yeah. He's being used to great effect on this show. Um, <laughs> Definitely. And I think that it's kind of, like I said, uh, Dengar is the coolest he's ever been in Lego form. So. <laughs> yeah. So we go from Cloud City to the wheel. We go back to the wheel. Yep. Uh, Rowan's doing his thing. He's trying to figure out why Nare um, made the plant die. So he's kind of trying to figure that out. And um, he's trying to ask, I think he's at one point he's trying to ask, Corday, but they get interrupted, and then they get this call. Uh, ben Quadraneros, the pod racing champion, Mike. He wants to come. He wants them to come and uh, uh, the freemakers to be part of his pit crew. So uh, they get the call there, and hey, they get a chance to make some money. Let's go do it. You know, uh, where is it at? Tatooine. Let's go down there. So they go down to uh, Tatooine to be Ben Quadraneros' pod racing uh, pit crew. So. Uh, that was kind of cool to get see Ben. Now here's again more characters again. Ben Quadraneros from episode one uh, yeah. is in the show, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, for sure. Again, so we go. I think at this point too, Mike, we also get the, another scene with Vader and the Emperor, and they're kind of teasing uh, Nari at one point, kind of pressuring. You know, she's uh, they're get she's getting pressured by these two. And, and was this the part where they? They're pretending like they don't hear her or see her, or is that in the last episode? I'm trying uh, to remember that. They, there's a couple times they kind of mess with. No, her. I think it's at the beginning of this one. I think it's at the beginning of this one they set that. Okay, up. yeah, yeah. So we get that uh, that particular scene with those three, and then we jump back to Tatooine, and then the rest of the rest of the show kind of ends up on on Tatooine, Mike. And yeah, I, I thought it was funny that. When they were working on uh, the pod racer, Cordy asked, you know, why did uh, we have to take – she said something about why do we have to take a job on uh, such a, a hot planet? And I, I'm trying to think, have we ever heard anybody talk about the heat on Tatooine? Because we know it's a desert planet. We know it's super hot. But I think this is the first time, like, it's ever been, like, put out there, like, why the heck are we on this damn hot planet? You know, what is here? So I don't know if we, there's ever been a, bit yeah. of a reference to how hot that damn planet is. Um, I think that makers is gonna do it. I think Obi Wan might say something in the because you remember he goes to talk to to Jabba, in um, doesn't he? Doesn't doesn't Obi Wan go at some point to like make a deal with Jabba in the Clone Wars? In the Clone Wars, yeah. Oh, that episode. Shit. That episode where. Yes, it, he definitely does. In that episode where Anakin and Dooku battle on the sand dune, you remember? Okay, yeah. I right. do not remember what episode that is. I don't even remember no. what arc that's a part of. But, yeah, that's I'm fairly movie. certain that Obi-Wan makes a comment about how, like, sticky it is. About yeah. how, like, I, I think he makes a comment about, like, you wouldn't expect such a dry planet to be so so muggy or something like that um he, he as he does on the clone wars he's he's uh he's got sass coming out the wazoo 
yeah. that's uh, that's why that is my favorite version of Obi Wan Kenobi because he is certainly the sassiest version of Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, um, for sure. He's always yeah. got something to say, right? He's always got some remark. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I think I th- I think so. I think he makes a comment. But yeah. I yeah, or maybe it's maybe that's in the movie. Oh, the Clone Wars movie? Yeah, because they return... Uh, uh, what's his son's name? Oh, um... Yeah. God, that was a long time Stinky. ago. I haven't seen that long. Stinky, there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, they return him. I it's, I think they do that in the movie. Anyways. Um, but yeah, there was definitely that arc where we ended up going back to... Tatooine. Um, yeah. because that was the first time that we got to see the, the Gamorrean guards. Um, Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yeah, no, I, I, but it, it is funny how, how, um, I think because uh, this is similar to how they can do cool stuff with Dengar because yeah. we're in this sort of fantasy version of a fantasy story, <laughs> um, that we yeah. get to, to be a little bit, I, uh, more, um, loose with the characterizations and i think also because of that we get to be a little bit more humorous with the locations it's not as reverent as other stuff i think that's the thing with with the lego star wars world and with freemaker adventures is that we can we can kind of point out how silly some of this star wars stuff is right Mm -hmm. yeah so so at this point also cordy asks he, he he gets a chance to ask um or not Cordy, but uh, Rowan gets a chance to ask Cordy about. Yeah. Or, you know, she says, hey, didn't you want to say something to me? And he's like, oh, yeah. And then they get interrupted again. And not exactly sure what he's going to ask, but obviously it's about Nari and maybe, you know, is, is she – I don't know if he knows at this point about the Sith and, yeah. and the Jedi. I, I don't know because um, I know he get, we get it to it at the end. But at this point, I don't know if he knows exactly what – what they are, you know, what what Jedi are and what Sith are. I mean, I guess, you know, in the last episode, Luke was there, but they did, he Luke was trying to be under the radar. He didn't. I don't know if he even mentioned himself as being a Jedi or anything like that. I know he talked about it. He does. He, he said because Rowan asks him, "Are you are you a Jedi?" And he says, "Not yet, but I'm on that path." That's so what he, he knows says. what Jedi are. Maybe yeah. he just doesn't know what the Sith are yet. So. But, of course, like I said, he's interrupted a clever trap by Grabala. He gets him down there, like I said earlier, um, as a Quadrineris' pit crew, but he lures him yeah. to, to Tatooine. So and here, job is there. I got go to say, and okay. I don't know about anybody else, but I knew that something was up the moment that we saw the pod racer that they were working on. Because that pod okay. racer was not Ben Quadraneros's pod racer. Right. And it Good should catch. have been obvious to everybody because it only had two pods. And Ben yeah. Quadraneros is famous <laughs> for having a four pod pod racer um, yeah. that has some issues with the, uh, with the uh, um, power couplings. Right. Uh, those energy binders, they, uh, they, they fail them right there at the beginning of the Boonta Eve classic. And, uh, Ben Quadraneros doesn't even cross the start line. Uh, <laughs> oh, right. Um, yeah. Fizzles out right at the starting line. Yeah. 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 Well, I, but then his, his things fail and then his pods go off in all directions. Um, oh, right. right. Yeah. So I, 
So yeah, Ben Quadraneros, not exactly the best pod racer out there. Um, and uh, everybody should have been paying attention and known that something was up. Um, good catch, good catch. Because yep. I did, I I wasn't even thinking that. But as the as we get into the pod race, I did start looking at some things. But before we get there, uh, Java arrives. Any arrives with you said it, Mike earlier. Boba Fett is in this, yep. in the Freemakers Adventures now. So I thought it was kind of cool. Voiced by D. Bradley Baker. Of course. Uh, yes, of course. Right. And what was so funny about this was the interaction between him and Dengar. And they had this funny old homie, you know, they're hugging and doing their handshake kind of thing. And it reminded me of the Han and Lando meet from Empire Strikes Back because at first they're like, hey. And all of a sudden they started doing their thing. So I thought that was so funny, so good. Yeah, Um, for sure. Yeah. I like like how, yeah. yeah, it does the same thing where it's sort of like the standoff. And then it turns into the two bros doing their the secret bros, handshake. Man. Bros, <laughs> yeah, doing the secret handshake. Yeah, it was kind of funny. That was a it was a good handshake. Um, and then another another funny scene as they're in here. Uh, Jabba has the Han and Carbonite. Yeah, and uh, Grubal's like, you take that thing everywhere. I think you know it's, it's kind of too much now. So funny line. And I gotta tell you, I. You said it when he was first introduced about Grabala and yeah. like his voice kind of reminds you of like a Nathan Lane type of thing going on. But man, he is so funny. I love the characterization of this and like everything he says uh, is just so funny. He's got that quick wit to him. And uh, gosh, I love that character. I never thought I'd love a hut so much, but man, Grabala, it's a you funny know, character. I never thought that we would get a hut that was more entertaining than Zero. And, yeah. uh, and yet here it is, you know, uh, yeah, he, uh, Grabala is, I think Grabala is my favorite character on this series. He, uh, he, he really just kind of knocks it out of the park every episode that he's in. Yeah. Um, he's always got great jokes. They write good stuff for him and the voice oh. acting, the performance is just everything with Grabala, yeah. right? It's that delivery and that timing. Um, yeah, yeah that moment when, <laughs> When Han comes in in Carbonite, and yeah. uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, it's kind of <laughs> creepy. <laughs> it's like, yeah, 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 Jabba, you you're being a little bit of a weirdo, but uh, yeah, <laughs> that is good. So we get into, um, hey, they come in, they steal a pod, and they take off. And Mike, we got pod racing in the Freemakers Adventures, and you yeah. mentioned you mentioned that, like you spotted. Ben, you know, that wasn't Ben Quadraneros' pod racer. Well, I'm watching this pod race, and I go, wait a minute. Does, is that Saboba's pod racer yeah. at one point? And it was really quick scene, and I kind of rewound it, and I, I think that was. So as the race is going on, you're trying to pick out uh, some of the other pod racers, and there was a couple others. I can't remember some of their names, but I'm pretty sure I saw Saboba's in there. I don't know if you saw it. Did you see it? I don't know. I don't think that I saw Saboba's specifically. I don't doubt that it's in there because it seemed like yeah. they just sourced them all from – existing designs um i think that i if i remember my pod racers correctly which i was i was quite the pod racing enthusiast back Mm -hmm. in the day i think that the one that is it because dengar steals one at one point doesn't he right um and it's the one with yeah it's the one with the circle cockpit right the the upturned circle cockpit and i believe that's team topagali's pod racer I think that wow, that's his cockpit. Um, T. 
Team Toe is being one of my favorite, uh, one of my favorite pod racers out there. But um, yeah, they, there were definitely a few different ones that uh, that I recognized from episode one. Uh, but the one that they were building was a completely new design, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think um, so. Yeah, and it actually it was actually pretty cool because it was kind of like a darker, like it was black or maybe like a dark blue, but then it had like those cool neon parts to it that looked really cool um i I really liked the design of their pod actually i i think you know people give episode one a hard time um and then there's the uh clerks animated series i i quote that everybody uses uses of uh well the pod race was pretty cool um (laughs) and uh and i don't disagree with that sentiment but i i just i think there's something really cool about pod racing and uh, and the concept of it, and it's a it's a uniquely Star Wars concept um, mm. of taking two two engines from you know a, 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 a starship or or a, a speeder of some kind, and just sort of like I uh, the idea with the pod racers, you're just stripping down to the bare essentials. There's no chassis. There's no sort of I. I structure or hull to the ship it is just two engines or more uh in the case of of ben quadraneros and and a cockpit and uh it just like it it's that that star wars equivalent of hot rod um of sort of that drag racing idea um you know when you see those drag racers that it's they're just like those two small wheels at the front and then like a bare bones frame attached to an engine with a driver's seat uh which they refer to as cockpits in racing and the two big wheels on the back it's that same sort of idea for me it's like it's that analog and i love when star wars has those elements where it it lines up to real life um and it adds that that extra dimension to star wars so um i always love it when pod racing comes back in things and and we get to see more pod racing um i always think that it's a really cool concept there was a there was a comic storyline a clone wars comic storyline where ahsoka and anakin have to enter a pod race in order to do something during the clone wars Mm. and uh and obviously anakin gets to show off his pod racing skills Mm. um but yeah well you uh, know yeah yeah go ahead no, I was, I was gonna say I love pod racing too, and I, and I loved it in episode one. I I can never understand that if, you know episode one got some some kind of negative whatever about some pod. I'm like, who does who doesn't like pod racing? I mean, this is George Lucas comes up with this idea. Yeah. Of course, we all know he was a lover of fast cars and he liked to do the racing thing, and you know he's able to pull that into his Star Wars um saga with this great way of like you said stripped down version of high speed uh in a galaxy far far away type type racing and i just loved it i mean especially the the visuals of that particular scene in episode one and the sound design of that that scene was incredible so i always love to see the the pod racing going on and uh this oh it just reminds me too um the announcer and the freemakers here was the same announcer. His name is Greg Proops, a yep. local comedian here in San Francisco. Uh, he was actually the voice of, I believe it was Fode. Um, yep. And uh, he's back to do it in Freemakers. So it was kind of cool to see him bring back, like I said earlier, sometimes we don't get 
you know, we're not going to get Mark Hamill to do the Freemakers, but you can get some of these other characters like, hey, sure, I'll do it. What the heck, you know? And yeah. It's a fun yeah. Thing. Well, you know, you can't have Feed and Bode without uh, I, without Greg Proops yeah. there to do yeah. uh, to do that <laughs> part. Yeah. Um, it's he's iconic for it, you know. He's uh, people might remember him from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. which I definitely do. Um, yeah. I also know him from my uh, I, uh, I, I parental discretion is advised on this one, but a podcast called Harmon Town, um, which is uh, Dan Harmon, the creator of the TV show Community, does this this live podcast. Um, from Meltdown Comics in uh, in Los Angeles, and Greg Proops, uh, it makes regular appearances on it. Okay, and, uh, and so I'm a huge Greg Proops fan. So the second that that he showed up, I was like, oh, they got the Proops. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I, you know, you can't you can't do it without him. Can't do it yeah. without him. So I'm sure he was happy to to jump in and and lend his voice for that iconic Star Wars character. Uh, yeah, <laughs> one of those one of those weird things in episode one that's not everybody likes, but uh, you know it's part of pod racing, and so I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I love that character. Definitely, and I, I love Greg Proops, and I liked Greg Proops before he showed up in in episode one. So uh, yeah, that, him being in episode one just made it all the better. Yeah, well, you mentioned Who's Line. I remember watching that when it was uh, the British Who's Line when. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he and he used to guest on that a lot. So when they yeah. when I heard he was coming to Star Wars, like, oh yeah, I know Grey Proops from Who's Line. So um, instantly recognizable when I heard it. It's just like, oh yep, yeah, that's like you said, Mike. That's that's great. So yeah, uh, one of the thing I wanted to mention too, as far as um, the pod racing stuff, I, I kind of jotted down. I thought it was funny that Jabba he kind of makes fun of Grabala and Grabala's like henchmen. Like you know, Jabba has Boba Fett. He's got the best of the best. And then Grabala has Dengar and a and feed and a Bash and Ram. Yeah. And he 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 kinda he kinda gives it to Grabala once in a while in his own way about how bad his uh, his henchmen are. So uh, we go from that to uh, they crash land, there's a fight, um, and Nare shows up um, to kind of finish out the episode. Nare shows up, Mike. Yeah. Well they they have to they have to rewire Roger in oh, order to send the message. Uh, Tanare and she yeah she shows up to to rescue them. Yeah, she gets out and she uh, actually does a, quite a bit of a lightsaber battle here, quite a bit of a, a fight. And I can imagine like I was watching this fight, going man, if this fight was in like a live action, be pretty pretty kick ass. So uh, it was pretty cool to watch. And uh, she kind of did her thing and showed her how powerful she is. Yeah. Um, as far as her her abilities are, and she's able to save. Uh, the Freemakers there, and they take off. But of course, we got to talk about what happens at the end of this fight, Mike. She tells she tells Rowan to escape or to uh, run off and get into the ship, and he's trying to find a way to help her. And what does he find, Mike? Yeah, he finds okay. that the other lightsaber, and yes. uh, uh, this reveals uh, a red blade. And uh, you know, Rowan might not know a lot about the Force, but he does know. That, uh, that 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 red blade means something bad, so yeah, yeah, uh, something's up with that red blade. Yeah, for sure, yeah. for sure. So, oh, and and not only that, but he interrupts or he he uh, hears the transmission from Sidious. Uh, yeah, he's Sidious is calling uh, Nara, and he's like, "Hey, if you're not gonna get it, then start killing off 
the freemakers until Rowan starts talking. So he, you know, Rowan hears all that. So he's really into, he's really in some deep water now. He's find, starting to find out yeah. about a lot of things here. And this particular episode uh, ends with him. Uh, I think Rowan or uh, Nari starting to kind of berate him, like, "Hey, don't go anywhere unless I'm with you." You know, of course, she wants these kyber crystals, and anytime Rowan goes off. She's afraid he's going to find something and she's going to be left out of luck. So she's telling him, hey, don't go anywhere without me. And, and of course, we get a shot from behind Rowan as he's hiding the saber behind his back. And that's kind of how the show fades out. So, again, slow playing this, Mike, the slow playing this. Um, this. Well, I guess really not slow playing because in two episodes, he finds out that something's goofy with her. And then he finds out she's got a red lightsaber. So I guess actually he's kind of quickly finding out that something bad is going on with Nari and we'll see where we go from here like I said I'm totally in the dark I have no idea where we're going I'm watching these as we go so yeah I'm excited to see what happens with that in the future and where we go so um that's how it ends Mike anything else before uh, on the end here no no I think I think that's it I uh, uh for this one I obviously big things coming we're kind yeah. of uh, with this, with with the seventh episode, we're kind of we've crossed the halfway point, and I think that's why the uh, the story is starting to pick itself up a little bit. Um, so so yeah. a, you know we've got uh, next two episodes are the test and the Kyber Saber chase, and uh, you know uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I haven't watched them yet, so we'll wait and see no. what what that is, but. Um, but it's it's really you know the the stakes are are getting pretty high for the freemakers and uh, and and it's, it's exciting it's uh, they're yeah. they're doing cool stuff on this show and I'm excited for the plot to thicken a little mm-hmm. bit as it has um, in this in this last in sort of I mean I guess in the last two episodes it's kind of cool that these got paired together because crossing paths and race on Tatooine they definitely revealed some things and and they kind of go together in the sense that um rowan is starting to figure out that there's something going on with nare Um, and obviously being introduced to luke skywalker is part of that so um um, but i think what's really cool you know i depending on how you're taking this uh in terms of canon um we've talked about it before uh, i'm choosing to believe that this is um this these stories specifically are not canon but that they are based on canon events and so the idea that between uh empire and jedi luke skywalker meets a young boy and that young boy obviously exhibits these abilities um it leaves room for rowan freemaker to be one of the jedi that uh that that luke was training after return of the jedi so uh, I would love to see that that story continue. I would love to see uh, Rowan in that position um, and, yeah. and learning from Luke Skywalker and uh, along along with the others. Um, uh, Rowan being, you know, he would if he was, he would end up being kind of one of the more experienced Padawans, one of the more experienced uh, 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 pupils under Luke Skywalker post return of the jedi because he's already learned a lot from nari so yeah um, sure. yeah i mean like i i i enjoy this show so much that i really want to see the canon version of it i want to <laughs> yeah, really yeah and and you know they could do it with a comic or they could do it with uh with, with a novel or something like that but i really feel like these characters work in the star wars galaxy 
and uh, and they, and they could work in regular continuity as well. So I even if we just get an implication that uh, they they Rowan is is around post Return of the Jedi, um, and not I mean obviously he, it would be difficult for him to make it to the uh, Force Awakens the the sequel trilogy time period, but you know you never know. You yeah, never know if, uh, right. if the character is popular. Um, I just discovered today, actually, that um, that a bunch of... I don't know if it just came out today or if it's been out for a while or maybe last week. But uh, a bunch of the character packs were released for um, Lego Star Wars The Force Awakens. And one of those character packs is the Freemakers. So um, yeah. I'm actually going to, as we sign off here... Uh, in this episode, I'm going to go jump on my PlayStation and check out which characters are included. I'm assuming the three Freemakers, possibly Roger and uh, and Nare. Nare, but, yeah. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I'll report back next week. So uh, okay. So uh, just give, give me a, ask me next week for more information on the Freemakers in Lego Star Wars: The Force Awakens, and I'll cool. I'll fill everybody in. Yes, we'll do. Next week we got, like you said, Mike, the test. And yep. the Kyber Saber Chase in the next two we're going to be talking about next week. But that will do it for this week. That's it. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. As always, you can stay up to date with all the latest Star Wars Rebels news by heading to rebelspodcast.com, where Tim keeps you guys in the know with everything you need to know about star wars rebels uh, he does an awesome job of that and we thank him for it you can also follow us online at facebook.com slash uh rebels podcast as well as on twitter at rebels podcast you can follow me on twitter i'm at arkwolf a-r-k-w-u-l-f uh, and you can follow matt at the crankster and that's crankster with a k yes uh, we're also part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Lots of other great podcasts in the network, so head to thunderquack.com to check them out. And if you enjoy the podcast that Thunderquack produces, uh, maybe consider heading to patreon.com slash thunderquack, uh, kicking in a little bit of money and uh, and helping us to produce all this great content for you guys. Um, we appreciate everybody who does support us over at patreon.com slash thunderquack. And uh, you can get some cool perks. There's some cool stuff over there that you can, uh, that you can get um, that, uh, that's only available for thunderquack uh, supporters on Patreon. So that's patreon.com slash thunderquack. Uh, that is it for us this week. Thank you guys for listening, and we will be back next week. Uh, for uh, the test and the kyber saber chase we will see you next week see everybody next week